Okay. So, before we get started, I'll say a couple of things about myself. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Drew Ralph. Um, I've been going to church here ever since the first day. And uh, shortly after that, I started teaching the children on Sundays. And it's been just a privilege for me. I'm so honored to get to be a part of that. And uh, I couldn't do it without the help of Matthew. Uh, His leadership and support has just been great the whole time. And I do appreciate all the other volunteers that we have. And uh, I won't waste any more time talking about myself. So we'll go ahead and get started. Um, Last week, kids, can anybody tell me what we talked about? Elijah. Elijah, good. And? Elisha. Okay, so what was going on? Timber? Very good. All right, y'all give him a round of applause. So, there we see he was paying attention, and these kids, they do great. They, they really do. They, they pay attention. They can usually tell you exactly what you teach them. And, yeah, last week, that, that's what they learned. So, this week, we're talking about a very familiar story, and it's Jonah and the Ninevites. I'm sure most everybody here has heard that story. I know I've heard the story, but as I studied this, uh, God revealed a lot of things to me that, that I really just didn't know before, so hopefully he can do the same for everybody here today. So I want to start and, and talk about running away from God. We'll look at Jonah 1, verses 1 through 3. Okay, so, now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise. Go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come up before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it, to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Okay, let's pray. Dear Lord God, I thank you so much for this day. God, I thank you for these children. And I thank you for the opportunity to, to be up here on this stage. Lord, I know I'm unworthy to be up here, but right now I pray that you'll use me and speak through me. And today I ask that you'll help your people the way that you've helped me with this message. God, as we go through this, I pray that you'll open our hearts to, to your word. And Lord, we'll give you all the honor and praise and glory for it. And we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so we see here that Jonah's been called to do something that sounds pretty scary. God wants him to go and talk to the Ninevites, which is a wicked city. It's actually the enemy of God's people. And he's going to run 
from the presence of the Lord. Now, I'll tell you to, to the extremity of what he's doing here. Joppa is a place that would be a 50-mile walk from Jonah's home. So who in here wants to walk 50 miles? Not me. Okay. So we're on the same page. So he, he's walking 50 miles, but not only does he walk 50 miles, he, he gets on a boat to go to what is where Jonah lives, the other side of the world. So God's calling Jonah to one place, and Jonah's going to the other side of the world. But maybe somebody in here today has ran away from God. and I have. I know I have. So I want to share with you a verse, um, Psalm 139, 7 through 10, and show you that it, it's just not possible. We can try to run from the presence of the Lord, but it's not going to work out for us. Can we get that verse? Psalm 139, 7 through 10. There we go. Okay. Whither shall I go from the Spirit? Or whither shall I free, flee from thy presence? If I ascend up into heaven, thou art there. If I make my bed in hell, behold, thou art there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there shall thy hand lead me, and thy right hand shall hold me. So we see there's no getting away from God. We can try, but guys, he's going to fight for us. He's going to fight to get us back. Um, I want to move forward to uh, Jonah 1, verse 4. Verse 4 says, okay, so Jonah has fled from, from the Lord. He's on the boat, but now the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. So, so Jonah's on this ship. He's fleeing from the Lord. But God, God's not going to let him just get away. You know why? Because God cares about Jonah. God loves Jonah. And, and he's going to do whatever it takes to get him back. So let's go to Jonah 1 verse 15. So they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea. And the sea ceased from her raging. So so Jonah's on the ship, and, and God sends the, the, the great wind, and all the, the, the captain of the ship, the mariners, they're, they're worried. They're, they're thinking, what are we going to do? So they start throwing their luggage off the ship, trying to fix it. And then they start praying to their gods. But guys, we've been talking about it. How many gods are there? There's one God, and, and that's our God. So that's not going to work. So, so eventually, they go through, and they cast lots, and they figure out that this trouble is because of Jonah. So, so they're all having this trouble because Jonah is fleeing from the presence of the Lord because he told them that. So they asked Jonah what they should do, and he says, just throw me off the ship, and, and you'll be all right. So in verse 15, they took up Jonah and cast him forth into the sea, and the sea ceased from her raging. So then all the men, they feared the Lord exceedingly and offered a sacrifice unto the Lord and made vows. Okay. So you see, those people, they start believing in God because he, he stopped the sea from raging. Now let's see Jonah 1, verse 17. What's God going to do to get Jonah back? We, we look in verse 17 that the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah. And Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Okay, so we got that. Now. I don't know about you, but it sounds pretty scary being in the belly of a fish. Not fun. So now we're going to see Jonah running to God. 
We saw him run away from God. Now we're going to see him running to God. In Jonah 2.1, we see that then Jonah prayed unto the Lord, his God, out of the fish's belly. Now, I would encourage you to go read this whole book, kids, adults, everybody. I'm not going to read you this whole prayer, but it really is a special prayer that, that we could all read and take something from. But we see Jonah pray to God out of the fish's belly. Now, I want you to see verse 7. I will show you one part of the prayer. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I've been down, I've been low, and I've ran from God. And this verse right here, maybe it could help us today. So, in verse 7 of chapter 2, Jonah says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. And my prayer came in unto thee, into thine holy temple. Okay, so we see Jonah running to God. Now, I went through that all really fast, but the most important thing about today is God's grace. We're going to talk about God's grace. I want you to see in Jonah 2, verse 9 and 10. Verse 9 says, But I will sacrifice unto thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that that I have vowed. Salvation is of the Lord. Look at this, guys. Verse 10. And the Lord spake unto the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Aren't you glad that that we serve a God of second chances? I, I know that I am, because not only have I needed a second chance, a third chance, a fourth chance, and a fifth chance. He, 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 he's the God of another chance, not just a second chance. Today, I want you to, to notice that God didn't have to spare Jonah. Jonah had disobeyed God, ran away from God. God didn't need Jonah, but he wanted Jonah. That's what we've got to understand here. And one thing that, that really stood out to me in verse 10 is the Lord spake unto the fish and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. It didn't just vomit out Jonah back into the sea. I don't know if you guys know, but when you're in the sea and it's deep and the waves are going, it's kind of hard to stay afloat. Um, the Lord caused the fish to vomit out Jonah upon the dry land. So that he could stand up again. And that that really stood out to me. That God took that extra step. To put his feet back on the solid ground. So. Let's look now. I want to show you. That for Jonah. Jonah's not the only person. That God has grace on. Uh, Psalm 86.15. Can we get that one? But thou O Lord. Art a God full of compassion. And gracious, long-suffering, and plenteous in mercy and truth. That's what he is. Micah 7.18 Who is a God like unto thee, that pardoneth iniquity, and passeth by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever, because he delighteth in mercy. I'm so glad today that, that he doesn't hold on to his anger forever. And that he wants to have mercy upon us. Today I'm so happy about that. So now 
Let's move forward to Jonah 3, 1 through 2. Now, Jonah, he's out. He's back on the dry land. We saw him pray to God. He ran back to God. So what's God going to do now? Verse 1 in chapter 3 says, And the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go unto Nineveh, that great city, and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. Isn't that funny? All that stuff happened when, when God asked Jonah to go to Nineveh. He saves him, has grace on him. What does he do? Starts right back where he was. God, I mean, God's, God has a plan. And he, he's got stuff he's got to get done. I think it's funny here that, that he, he just asked him to do the same exact thing he was asking him to do before. Uh, and in my head, I imagine that Jonah was like, Really, God? Really, you really want me to go there after all this? But that's what God wants. So, in verse 3, we see that Jonah arose, and he was obedient this time, and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now, Nineveh was an exceeding great city of three days' journey. So, in the beginning, we never talked about why Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh. It doesn't say in the beginning, but we will learn at the end. Here in a minute, you'll see why he didn't want to go to Nineveh. So, in verse 4, And Jonah began to enter into the city a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. That's a hard message. He's got to go tell these people that that in forty days, if, if they don't repent, that they're getting overthrown. God will destroy their city. So let's move down to verse 5 of chapter 3. Now this is kind of not what I expected to happen when I was reading the story. But immediately, verse 5, So the people of Nineveh believed God and proclaimed a fast and put on sackcloth from the greatest of them even to the least of them. So they believed God and they listened. Now let's move down to verse 10. Verse 10, and God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God repented of the evil that he had said that he would do unto them, and he did it not. So there, you'd think that the story would be over, that Jonah would be down there worshiping God with them, rejoicing with the Ninevites, but that's not the case. Now we find out why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh in the first place. Let's go if you will, to Jonah chapter 4, verse 1 and 2. Verse 1 of chapter 4 says, But it displeased Jonah exceedingly, and he was very angry. And he prayed unto the Lord and said, I pray thee, O Lord, was not this my saying when I was yet in my country? Therefore I fled before unto Tarshish, for I knew that thou art a gracious God and merciful, slow to anger and of great kindness, and repentest thee of the evil. So Jonah's saying right there, he's, I told you when you asked me to go that you were going to save them. He's saying, I didn't want you to save them. These people are my enemies. These people are wicked. Why, why would you want to save them? But church, aren't you glad today that God is not like Jonah and God is not like me? God loves every single person and he created every single person and I'm so happy today that, that we can learn this lesson and that God is not like us. Because 
Maybe we can try to love everybody. We can try to get it right. But we can never always get it right. And we see here that Jonah didn't like these people. He's not even happy that they just got saved. He actually wants to see them get destroyed. So, if you will, go with me to Colossians 3, 12 through 13. I've found the issue here with Jonah is his heart. He doesn't share the same heart as God. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes I struggle with this problem also. I'm sure that we all do. Um, if we can look at Colossians three twelve through 13. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So I just wanted to share that with you because Jonah's problem was with his heart. He didn't want the same things that God wanted. A lot of times we might be that, that same way. I know that I am. If God wants me to do something that I want to do, that's fine. But when he wants me to do something that he wants to do and I don't want to, it changes everything. But if we could have God's heart, or try to have God's heart, I think we could do better than Jonah here. So let's look at Jonah chapter 4, verse 4. Verse 4 says, Then said the Lord, Doest thou well to be angry? So Jonah's sitting there mad. He's mad that all these people just got saved, that God didn't destroy them. And God looks at him and he says, Doest thou well to be angry? Is it doing you any good to be angry? I don't know if you kids have ever gotten in trouble at home and you started to pout and your parents was like, is that doing you any good? I know it happened to me when I was a kid, but hopefully you're better than I was when I was a kid. So, Jonah's mad and God asked him. To me, this isn't God being sarcastic. This is God giving Jonah a chance to examine his emotions and, and change his mind. He said, Doest thou well to be angry? Jonah says, yes, it's doing me well. So let's look at 5 through 11. Verses 5 through 11, and I'll be done. So Jonah went out of the city and sat on the east side of the city, and there made him a booth and sat under it in the shadow till he might see what would become of the city. And the Lord God prepared a gourd and made it to come up over Jonah, that it might be a shadow over his head to deliver him from his grief. So Jonah was exceeding glad of the gourd, but God prepared a worm when the morning rose the next day, and it smote the gourd that it withered. And it came to pass when the sun did arise that God prepared a vehement east wind, and the sun beat upon the head of Jonah, that he fainted and wished in himself to die, and said, It is better for me to die than to live. And God said to Jonah, Doest thou well to be angry for the gourd? And he said, I do, I do well to be angry, even unto death. Then said the Lord, Thou hast had pity on the gourd, for the which thou hast not labored, neither madest it grow, which came up in a night, and perished in a night. And should not I spare Nineveh, that great city, 
wherein are more than six score thousand persons that cannot discern between their right hand and their left hand, and also much cattle. Now, that's one of the, one of the strangest endings to a book in the Bible, but there's a lesson that we can learn here. And Jonah's sitting up on this hill, and he's pouting, and he's mad because, because God saved these people. And then you see God provide him a shade from the sun, and it makes him very happy, but then when that shade gets destroyed, he's mad. And so God's asking him, he's saying, you care about this gourd, but you don't care about this 120,000 people. So with me, and I don't know what, what God will say to you, but for me, when I'm reading through this, I think about what's important to me in my life. Is it football? Is it getting my way, getting what I want? No, I realize here that people are important. Souls are important. Um, This gourd that that was bringing Jonah joy, 120,000 people just got saved. And he's worried about this gourd. But let's not be too hard on Jonah this morning. Let's think about our lives. And I know it's a hard thing to do. But I encourage you this morning that you can do it. You can change just like I can change. And we all need work. And I'm talking to myself here. God's been working on me for a whole month with, with this thing, and it's made me realize that there's things that got to change, and what's important is God's work and what He wants to get done. Um, I just want to share with you one more thing, and we'll be done. And it sounds really hard to, to do this, so I, I want to show you how how I think that we could accomplish it. So, can you pull up Revelation 3.20 for me? It's at the top. So, we see Jonah running away from God. I think that if we want to do what's right and do what God wants, that we first have to let him in. To let him in. So, I want to share this verse with you. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Guys, I know that sometimes in my life, Jesus is standing at the door knocking. And he's knocking. And I don't open the door. Sometimes... I might even lock the door. Maybe we're all the same. Um, But today I encourage you to unlock that door. And when he knocks, let's open the door. Let's let him in and spend time with him. Because if if we spend time with God, I feel like we'll, we'll understand this better and we'll be able to care about his things and not our things. So that's pretty much all I've got for you today. Uh, We got a video.